Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal. I'm Christy Brower. This is my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Pretty good. We're recording on Mother's Day, so happy Mother's yes. Day. Thank you so much. Happy Mother's Day to all of you and to you, Christy. Thank you. Yeah, we did have a fun day today. We had, yeah. We had a little barbecue, and it, it turned out that we... um. As usual, great minds think alike because I brought wine glasses as a present and Kara also brought wine glasses as a present. Our younger sister. That that happens to us all the time. That mm-hmm. we, oh, one time a few years ago, you and Kara both got me the exact same birthday card. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually happened a couple of times, mm-hmm. which is so funny. Uh, you, although very smartly, brought some fun games for presents. So that, that was really great. We had a good time. Yeah, I always buy but, you guys hanging baskets, but yeah. uh, it's been cold, you know, yeah. and I went to the store and I looked at hanging baskets and they looked like garbage. Yeah, it's still just, it's a little cold. Yeah. So I decided, nah, I'm not going to buy them if they're going to not last. So games it was. Yep. There you go. We love games. We play a lot of games together. So that's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is, I don't know, what are we going to call this? This is our group case for the week, but it is also our MMIW case for the week, because it's kind of a combo. Double duty. Yeah, you're going to know this case, because you have heard it before, I am sure, but we haven't shared it before. So this is the case of Canadian serial killer Robert Picton who liked to be called Willie, uh-huh. or you might know him as the pig farmer killer. Or the butcher. Or the butcher. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So let's talk about Willie for a minute. He preferred Willie. So I'm going to call him Willie because I think, I don't know, I just think it's sort of interesting to get into the mind of someone a yeah. little bit more by calling them the name they want to be called. So, as we know, he was a serial killer that was active in Canada in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Now, it's really unfortunate, and we're going to talk about this more, but something to know about Willie is that there were a bunch of opportunities for the Canadian police to stop Willie. Oh, yeah. And they, they done didn't, my friends. They no. didn't. No. He was no. arrested in 2002, but he had been killing since, we think, maybe 1983. 
Yeah. So there were several opportunities in which people either reported him and said, hey, he's really creepy. Something's going on over there. We don't think things are right. You need to check this place out. Or in 1997, he was actually charged with attempted murder after he stabbed this woman, Wendy Lynn Eistetter. He stabbed her several times during an altercation at the farm. She was a sex worker who had come back to his pig farm with her, with him. Mm -hmm. And while they were having sex, he handcuffed her and stabbed her. Yeah. She managed to get the knife from him and stabbed him back. Good for you, girl. And ran away. And she managed Mm -hmm. to get a car who stopped and got her to the Eagle Ridge Hospital. Yeah. Okay, so this this part, I mean, come on, police. Give me a friggin' break here. Right. right. So, <laughs> Willie calls the paramedics, whatever number you call, 122 or something like that, 112 in Canada. Anyway, can't remember. Anyway, he calls them and says he's been stabbed, so they come and get him, and guess where they take him? Eagle yep. Ridge freaking Hospital. Yeah. So they're both being treated in the same ER. They get the key for the handcuff that's on Wendy out of his pocket so they can take yeah. it off from her. And so they decide that Wendy, this is where this comes in as an MMIW case. Mm-hmm. Because they decide that Wendy is an unreliable witness. Yep. Because she is addicted to drugs and she is a sex worker. Yep. And so they freaking drop the case. Yeah. I mean, literally. Yep. How many people died? We don't even know for sure. No. How many people died after that? Had they arrested him and put him, you know, away for what he'd done? Right. I mean, all in all, he's claiming uh, responsibility for 49 murders. Yeah. But uh, they really don't know. But yes. And unfortunately, his victims were nearly, well, they were all prostitutes or some sort of sex worker. They were addicts. And as Mm -hmm. women were coming up missing, people who worked, you know, in that area that were trying to help women in that area of uh, Vancouver were constantly reporting women missing. Yeah. And the police were doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Many First Nations women, yes. as well as other nationalities as well. And, yeah. it, you know, he didn't discriminate. He just, as long no. as they were sex workers he were, and or addicts, then that's who he wanted. But over and over and over again, women that were working at the shelters there, you know, that were helping these women in some capacity were reporting them missing and came continually getting the same sob stories back from, or the, you know, BS stories back from the police. Well, yeah. you know, maybe she just got on a bus and left. Maybe she's just not coming around here anymore. You know, this, we don't know. Some 70 women just got on buses yeah. and disappeared. Right. Yeah. So I'm posting a picture. This is a, 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 um, poster from the missing women's task force that was going on during part of Willie Picton's killing spree. Yeah. And these are many of his victims on this poster. 
Yeah. They did think that they had some kind of a serial killer. Well, and, finally they did. Yeah. Yeah. And they did, you know, this was going on around about the same time as John Wayne Gacy and um, Ted Bundy in the U.S. And so they were thinking that maybe they had something like this going on. Mm-hmm. But you know that the very first time that Willie became, um, you know, uh, someone that the police were aware of was in 1971. Yeah. And he was arrested in 2002. Yeah. So well, let's tell you. They oh, just continually just looked at him as like the neighborhood weirdo that was harmless mm-hmm. rather yeah, than that's kinda, the yeah. potential of him committing crimes like this because he was low IQ and mm-hmm. you know they didn't really look at him as somebody who could be some kind of criminal mastermind pulling off some kind of uh you know serial killing thing it never crossed their minds right well and there are still questions about if he actually had accomplices sure there yeah. were some people who lived on the farm at the time that all of this stuff was going on yeah they were addicts that worked for him and he paid them and that's how they continued their um, you know, that's how they got the drugs. And so they were very yeah. dependent on him. But they there were various people that worked for him over time that did report things to the police, most of which was just completely freaking ignored. Yeah. But they did, you know, say, hey, I witnessed this or he said this to me or uh, yeah. he showed me a body, a woman hanging in the slaughterhouse that he had. Yeah. Got. And none of it, they just didn't take any of it seriously. And they're like, well, we don't actually have any bodies. So as far as we're concerned, we're not sure we even have a crime here. And this went on and it went on and it went on. And It reminds me a little of fried green tomatoes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) it does. So here's the thing that just pisses me off, okay? So one of the people working for him said... Hey, he's got some illegal guns over there. So you know what? They came looking right away for those damn guns. They didn't care about all of these women that were missing. Mm -hmm. But when it came to illegal guns, boy, they came right over there with a warrant. Sure. Yeah. Well, guess what they found? Yeah. Clothes, ID, personal belongings of Mm -hmm. tons of missing women. Missing women. Yeah. And then they got the warrants and they brought in the uh, anthropologists and the forensic people. Mm -hmm. They spent $70 million searching this pig farm because they were just finding like sometimes they'd find a skull or a half a skull or a skull with hands and feet in it. Yeah, or just a mandible or... Yeah, just some teeth or a piece of a bone here and there. Because he had been putting these bodies through meat grinders. Yeah. There was a real question, because he slaughtered pigs and sold pork. Mm -hmm. There was a real question about whether he was actually selling pork that had human remains in it. Mm -hmm. And so a big alert went out to everyone, like... I don't eat this meat. Holy shit. Right? Yeah. How long had that been going on? But the other thing that he... A very long time, because I believe that this all started with his mother. We know that his mother killed one person for certain. 
I would imagine that she killed more than that kid and that she was the first person to teach him how to dispose of bodies this way. I would imagine their meat had been tainted for an extremely long time. Decades and decades. She was such a brutal person. Mm -hmm. At one point when he was a little boy, he had a calf that he raised from birth. And he was told that that was his pet and he Mm -hmm. loved it. And, you know, he grew up with this little cow and he believed that to be his pet. And and mm-hmm. it, it wasn't true. And when it got when the pig or when the cow got old enough, they slaughtered it and ate it. And it just broke him mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, um, he was so picked on at school. Yes, terribly. Because his parents were awful, disgusting people that. Yeah didn't take care of their little boys. They actually had a daughter that was being raised by someone else because they didn't believe a pig farm was the right place for a little girl to be raised. Well, their Mm -hmm. poor little boys were being raised in the epitome of filth and they they were going to school every day. Yeah. Smelling like pig shit and dirty and in dirty clothes and dead animals. And of course kids are mean and they didn't like them. And they were really mean to them. And they were super mistreated at school. Mm-hmm. These little boys, they, they told stories of sneaking back home and hiding under their beds until it was time to be out of school so that they wouldn't have to go because it was yeah. such a horrible, horrible experience to have to go to school. So, yeah. yeah, he makes friends with this calf that's like his only friend in the world because nobody wants to be his friend. No. And then they slaughter it. Yeah. yeah. And it just absolutely breaks him. It's yep. just um, freaking believable. You know, uh, another thing is that his mother would hose him down outside with the garden hose. Yeah. And he developed a real aversion to water. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, he did not like to shower. Yeah. And he was real smelly. Um, people yeah. were always, you know, that was one thing that people always remembered about meeting Willie was he was yeah. yucky and stinky. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did not like showering. Like he had some like PTSD from his experiences with his mother. Yeah. She was brutal. She was. Well, and then of course, when he was a teenager, his brother hit a child on their road and left him for dead, scared, didn't know what to do, came back home and told mom. She told him to get the truck to the barn and take care of it. And she'd take care of the kid. Then she went and found him on the road, still alive and rolled him into a ditch and let him drown and that uh also i think made a huge mark on both of the boys yeah but uh and of course the police let that one go as well but again that we think we that's all they know of as far as her uh involvement in killing people but i just don't believe it i can't shake the feeling that she had killed or had made the boys kill or they had been involved in killing other people on that farm when he was a kid. It yeah. just strikes me that that's, it wasn't just the kid that got hit by a car. There was more than that going on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it seems to me that Willie didn't really see himself as a human who mattered and he didn't no. see the women that he killed as humans who mattered, you know, no. not at all. And you know, that the grinding up of the bodies, if it didn't, if things didn't go into the meat, what they did is it went into the pig feed. Yeah. And so then they would find 
pieces of bone and jaw and teeth and hair and things in the pig pens. Yeah. And trying to identify, you know, through DNA and if they even could have enough DNA. And mm-hmm. they did identify 27 people. Yeah. But there were way more than that there. Mm-hmm. They did try through this missing women's um, task force. They did try to get family members wherever they could to give their DNA so that they could start using familial matching yeah. to try to help identify some of the others, but they never have fully identified all of them. No. And for reasons that I don't fully understand. And that so here's the thing about the Canadian legal system. They, nothing is made public about trials and evidence and stuff like that until the judge says it can be made public. And then the judge can determine what is made public and what isn't. Mm -hmm. So there was a mistake made and it was made by the judge himself Mm -hmm. during Willie's trial for the first six murders in which he couldn't be tried. He couldn't actually be convicted for first degree murder. He could yeah. only be convicted for secondary. Now, I don't know what, why. I don't know what the judge did. I don't understand their system very well. But the judge screwed up. Uh-huh. So they end up convicting him of second degree murder. And he gives him the maximum that you can give in Canada, which is 25 years. Yeah. They call that a life sentence, and it's 25 years. Yeah. Well, guess what, guys? He is eligible to be released in 2032. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, he's an older dude. You know, he's 71 now. Mm -hmm. And so he probably won't be around by then, but it's a little terrifying, you know? Yeah. That isn't actually that far away. That's only 11 years away. Yeah. That this he person potentially be released. All of these people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and how did, and I'm not going to give their names because they're still out there in the world. And, you know, it's, I can't imagine being connected to this person and to this case. But these individuals that worked for him, how did they not know? You know, Uh how did they not know? And they did report some things. Uh But I mean, they all say they didn't know the extent to which this was going on, other than some people noticed that he would bring women back to the farm and then they would go missing, you know? Oh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out where they went, you know? So it does seem like there was at least some willingness to stay quiet for oh, a long yeah. time about this about this situation well there was a lot of drug use going on yeah on the farm and a lot yeah. of enabling addiction on the yeah. farm and he had from a portion of farm that they sold he had a bunch of money they sold a portion of the farm after their parents died for two million dollars so he mm-hmm. had some money running a hole in his pocket and he was using that to keep people high and to keep people quiet. Yeah. yeah. Definitely he was very good at that at um manipulating the people working for him and around him by by doing that. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
But there's, you know, I mean, the, the system. The other thing I don't understand is that there are. So he admitted to an undercover police officer while he was in jail mm-hmm. that he has killed 49 women. Mm-hmm. And that he's really lamenting getting arrested because he really wanted to make it an even 50. Um, so they haven't been able to identify 49 women. They have identified mm-hmm. 20. Seven women. Well, I guess now it's 26 yeah. because one of the women that they had on his list mm-hmm. actually discovered that she was on his list and called the police and said, hey, I'm living in the U.S. I'm fine. Uh-huh. Thank God. So now yeah. it's down to 26. But the question that I still I do not understand is that they have opted not to charge him with those 20 murders. Yeah. And they imply that they don't have enough evidence to charge him. Now, they found the reason they know who these women are yeah. is because they found their jawbones and teeth and hair and bloody clothes and ID at his house and on yeah. his farm. How is that not enough evidence to charge him? Yeah. How could they not charge him to at least for one give some closure to yeah. family members some but, justice yeah but also to ensure that he never sees the light of day that he never walks out of a canadian prison yeah because that is just wrong 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 it it is astonishing to me the way this has been handled it's and it's obviously been mishandled so badly and there there's been a big investigation and a big report on how they screwed up and blah, 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 and an apology and, issued. And lots of finger pointing between yeah. the Royal Canadian Mounted Police and the Vancouver Police. Yeah. Lots of finger pointing and blaming each other. And, you know, and obviously on the Vancouver Police's part, a huge lack of awareness that they had a serial killer operating in their midst. Right. Because all of these missing cases, they just kept dismissing as we don't care. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah. just a garbage person. We don't care. These just are all another from... addict, just another sex worker, just another mm. First Nations woman. It well, just did not track. No, these are all people from uh, the east side of Vancouver or the red light district in Vancouver. And so, you know, we've seen this problem in the U.S. too, that yeah. because yeah. they struggle with addiction and because they're sex workers that they just don't have value as human beings okay look at this look at this poster look at these faces yeah these people existed yeah they had family and friends and their lives mattered and the 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 victims families have given the police some hell. Yes, they the have raised hell. Yes. And continue to give them some hell, which mm-hmm. I think is really good that there are people out there who are related to these women going, mm-hmm. what in the actual hell went on there? And why still is this dude sitting in prison on six secondary murder charges when yeah. we have evidence that he killed 26? Yeah. Now, another interesting thing that's going on yeah. And of course, I don't fully understand this again because the the Canadian legal system is, I don't know. But the Royal Canadian Mounted Police want to destroy some exhibits from Willie Picton's case. Uh 
They say they don't need them anymore. And, um, you know, his latest thing is that he is innocent. He wrote a book that he managed to smuggle out of the prison. And it actually got published. It was up on Amazon for a while. And there was this huge outcry about it. Like, hey, do you not know what this is? Uh Anyway, so it got pulled down. But basically in it, it's just a big old diatribe about how he's innocent. Uh And he doesn't want any of the exhibits destroyed. There are between 100 and 200,000 exhibits in these cases. I mean, they are friggin' massive cases. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, remember, they... The investigation, the pathology, the forensics was millions of dollars and an oh, yeah. enormous amount of time. Seventy. Of course, they have a lot. Yeah, they have a lot of evidence. Yeah. yeah. So what? he just so they could not charge him. Yeah, so they could not charge him. And they have all these exhibits. They have his admission mm-hmm. to this police officer that was a, was actually on video. Yeah. And yet they are still not charging this moron. You know, it's yeah. just like, come on. But that's been the latest thing. This was last year that they want to destroy some of the exhibits. And it's a specific section of them. And they're splitting them up. And they're going to ask to destroy some more of them. And he, his attorney quit on him. Uh-huh. And so he spoke for himself in court and he doesn't want them destroyed because they will need to be used when they find the the true murderer of these people and the true culprit of this crime. It's just a bunch of crazy bullshit. Yeah. Um, they didn't really listen to him and they did uh, get approval to destroy these particular exhibits and i don't know exactly what's in the exhibits it wasn't very clear about that but so the families are actually suing him and his brother david for damages also yeah which i find interesting you know because do they still have some money i have no idea after all this maybe they do but even now we're still seeing the Canadian justice system it has messed this up over and over again. Mm-hmm. And we're still seeing it. Like, yeah, they're not going to charge him for these other cases that they have evidence on. They have identified those women right. through DNA. Mm-hmm. There are still around 22 unidentified victims. Yeah. Which is just, and they're probably on this, on this poster that we're showing. And they're probably up there somewhere likely yeah but you know i don't know i guess we just wanted to discuss this case and share Mm -hmm. it with you if you weren't familiar um there's been lots of books and documentaries and things about this you know the hard part about it is that we don't there's not a lot of information about willie personally and there's not a lot of information about his family a little bit Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of information about like kind of psychological evaluations have been done on him right don't know can't find any yeah there's not but and there's some interesting things about him as a serial killer because right he started out by strangling and stabbing his victims as far as we know 
Yeah. And strangling and stabbing. And then, of course, you know, dismembering, butchering and slaughtering, basically, his uh, victims as he would the pigs. He actually did a slaughterhouse uh, internship as a teenager. Mm -hmm. Got really good at slaughtering. And this is where his, uh, you know, most excellent knife skills came in. Well, towards the end, close to when he was caught, he actually had started shooting his victims. Yeah. Which was totally different. It's, it is interesting because over the years he evolved, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of jumped from his typical MO to something different. Yeah. Which, you know, was that the downfall of him? We don't know. If, I mean, the downfall of him could have happened multiple times over the years before it actually did. Yeah. But yeah, just a study of him is pretty interesting in, you know, in the uh, the way he evolved from the way he was murdering to the way he was and he had ended up. Well, and there needs to be um, a big psychological workup of him done. One of the yeah. most important things that we can do with serial killers after they've been caught is mm-hmm. learn to understand them. Yeah. You know, and, and there's always that big question of why. Yeah. But more than why, I think understanding what what built this guy, what's going on in his head that he would do this yeah. and do it in such an incredibly brutal way. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, he's fairly smart in that he figured out how to punk mm-hmm. the system. I mean, he was murdering people for nearly 20 years before he yeah. was caught. Because he figured out how to murder women that nobody gave a damn about. How to get murder women that the police were never going to come looking for. Mm-hmm. And how to keep people working for him, dependent on him, financially, mm-hmm. because of their drug use, mm-hmm. in order to have help around the pig farm, but yeah. also have people that didn't tell on him. Mm-hmm. So just interesting, you know, there needs to be a better psychological workup of him done, I think. Yeah. To help us understand that the brutality. And I do think, you know, the stories that we do know about his childhood certainly come yeah. into play there. But what else is going on with him? Because, you know, he had siblings and none of them became, became serial killers. So right. why him? Why Willie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's questions definitely worth asking and answering. And, you know, again, every one of these faces deserves to be identified. It, it They do. They do. Every single one of those women deserves to be identified and to their disappearances investigated. Yeah. And, you know, this is a problem in Canada. It's a problem in the U.S. It's a problem everywhere. That if a person has a drug problem or if they're a sex worker, then they're not really a human and they don't matter. Yep. Somehow our criminal justice systems have become able to decide the worth of a person and whether it's really worth their time to look into their disappearances and deaths. We just keep seeing it. It's a reform that is so desperately needed. Yeah. It, It makes me sick. It makes me sick, too. And I mean, it's it's one thing for, you know, the the police in Canada to apologize. Uh, Too little, too late. I mean, seriously, that's just gross at this point. 
do better. That's what. Do better. Go solve these cases. Go spend some more time with Lily and find out who the hell he killed and why. And, you know, yeah. identify these people. Put effort in rather than, sorry, we screwed up. No, no. We have to learn to treat all humans as human yeah. and valuable. Yeah. And this is certainly a reminder of that. It is, man. Yeah. This is a horrifying case, just from every angle. It is. It's a horrifying case. It's horrifying to think that another human being would be, you know, would be willing to do that to other people. Yeah. And be that callous mm-hmm. and brutal and get away with it for so long. I mean, all of those things are in fact unfathomable to me. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like it, it's incredibly unfair for the police to look at a woman like Wendy, who he nearly killed, mm-hmm. and go, well, she's a drug addict and a prostitute, so she's not a she's not a reliable witness, so we're not taking her to court. We're, yep. we're not using her. Good God, you know, they could have stopped so many murders yep. if they just listened to her. And I mean, he was in the same hospital with the injuries she inflicted. He had the key to the handcuff on her yeah. wrist what more did they need yeah you know yeah. Mm. for her to not be her apparently yeah wow well this is robert willie picton yeah he is the pig farm killer or the, the what butcher. did you call him the butcher, the butcher. yeah the butcher yeah so you know, you can learn more about him if you want to. There are a bunch of um, oh yeah, lots documentaries of and uh, you know, Criminal Minds did a case that was very similar to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's lots of stuff out there if you want to learn more about him. But it's definitely um, worth looking into just to better understand how the criminal justice system in Canada failed these women terribly. Yeah, absolutely. No. Well, guys, this is our first case of the week. So today is Monday and we will be back on Tuesday and Wednesday with uh, more cases. And then we'll be back Wednesday night with our live stream case update Thursday night with our live stream psychic hour and some pop ups on the weekends. So we have lots of great stuff coming. We have lots of great stuff We've already put up. So if you're just finding us, don't worry. You've got a couple of hundred episodes now to to peruse <laughs> your way through. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But thank you for joining us. You can submit a case to us. If you would like us to cover it, you can go to truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com. Go down to the bottom of the page. There's a little form you can fill out. We love suggestions. We do try to take as many as we can. And sometimes it takes us a little while to get to them. But we do appreciate your support. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a fan page, True Crime Paranormal. And we also have a discussion group linked to that fan page. So you're welcome to come join us there where we can talk about our cases. You can ask us questions. And, you know, we share our live streams in there and stuff like that. So you can see what we have going on. Yep. Yeah. So... You know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here, everybody. Thanks, guys. Take care.
you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.